Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Thank you for downloading this podcast, and thank you for listening to the RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer-tested podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual-sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping. Over 75 bucks. It's so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted and premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. Fly Racing 2019 gear is available. Not to mention just gear. They got hard parts. They got mountain bike stuff. They got BMX stuff. Whatever you need, Fly can offer it. Casual wear. Snow. You're in the snow. It's wintertime coming up pretty soon, right? A couple months. I personally can't wait till winter because it's going to be great riding weather in the Dez. But check them out, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. You can order that stuff over at rmatvmc.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you, and hopefully that'll help keep this sucker moving along. And Racetech, need your suspension redone? Need some motor work done? Go to racetech.com, see what they have to offer. If you don't want to go to racetech.com and you prefer just to email me, you can email me and see, hey, Kiefer, what does Racetech offer? Hey, I have this bike. Kiefer, can you recommend anyone to do my suspension? Yes, I can. I can help you out and go to Racetech, Racetech.com. Those guys are good dudes. They do good work. Trust me on this, all right? We, you know how I work over here. This is no bullshit podcast. The stuff that is on this advertising land is good stuff. So check them out, racetech.com. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys for downloading this episode and, of course, subscribing to this podcast. We were doing really well in the sports category. We were in the top 100 for a while. I think we're just out of that now, so I want to get back in there. I want to get some more entertaining content for you guys, and I think today I have it. This is, I guess I shouldn't say this is a living with, but I would say damn close. Because usually when I live with a bike, it's almost 50 hours. Well, you guys you guys have no idea how much I have ridden this 2019 Yamaha YZ450F. I think it's just up over 30 hours already. I took it on, air quotes, vacation with me to Colorado and rode pretty much every day to the dis... <laughs> To the disapproval of Mrs. Kiefer, she thought it was going to be a vacation. Well, it turned out to be more of a working vacation because I rode, out of the, what, 14 days we were there, I rode 12 days. I couldn't help myself. I love this bike, and I guess a lot of people do too because I do get a lot of emails about this bike, and it's winning shootouts. It won Vital Shootout. It's been doing really well in other shootouts. I think it got a lot of second places. 
So I think Transworld they got second. And if I'm not mistaken, another one, I, I don't know which one it is. I don't really keep track that much. But I know it's doing really well. Well, for those of you guys listening out there, I've been on this bandwagon for how many years? You guys have been talking shit. Oh, Kiefer is up Yamaha's ass, blah, blah, blah. Dude, this bike has been good more than just 2019. It was good last year. It was good the year before that. I've been on this bandwagon for a couple years. I've been leading this train, okay? And no, I do not work at Yamaha. No, I do not test for Yamaha. No, Yamaha doesn't give me shit besides what they give other media outlets. They give me a bike. They give me some parts. It's up to me to do what I need to do over here to give the information out to you guys. So I know I Pingree was talking shit on the Racer X podcast saying, I don't know what Kiefer gets at Yamaha. I don't get nothing. The last time I did work at Yamaha, okay? So for those of you guys who don't know the backstory behind this, I'm going to lead you in on some things before we really get into the to the nuts and bolts of this, this podcast here. So yeah, I worked at Yamaha for almost five years in the accessory division. I helped GYTR develop some stuff. Um, I, I helped actually um, them and production side a little bit, more so on the accessory side. And I met a lot of great people. I was there almost five years, like I said. I, last time I was there was, when I left, was end of 2010. So right when they changed to um, the reverse engine and everything was kind of going in that direction. So I haven't had any R&D really with those guys since 2000, beginning of 2011, I would say. So, But what I did take away from working at Yamaha... Those guys over there are very, very smart guys. I have worked under KTM, I have worked under Honda, I have worked under Yamaha, and I would say out of all the R&D teams that I have been a part of, Yamaha's R&D guys have been, I would say, I'm trying to, obviously the smartest on my end, I feel, but also the most down-to-earth, the most realistic they set realistic goals. They, When they test other m- bikes, if another bike or machine is better, they will acknowledge that and try to make their own product better. I have been in other manufacturers that think their bike is the best, and if they ride something else, even though I know they they think it's better, they will not say that, even internally which to me doesn't make sense because it doesn't make your product better. Steve Butler, that guy is one of the smartest guys that I've been around. One, he's a very cool dude and very knowledgeable, but man, he is meticulous. I'll give you a little story on this. So, like I said, I worked in accessory division, right? They would hand me a brand new machine and they say, Chris, bolt all of this stuff on all this accessories that we have put all this stuff on. And again, I am not the best mechanic. I am novice. I try to learn. But hey, when it comes down to it, I'm very good at test riding. I'm pretty good at riding. I'm a novice mechanic. So I build this bike up, right? And they always told me, hey, go have Butler look at your work to make sure it's okay. So I respect the hell out of Butler, so I'm really trying to do a really good job, put this thing together meticulously, take my time, really just try to dial it in. So when I go over there and and roll this bike over, 
Butler looks at it, he's going to pat me on the back and say, attaboy, Kiefer, you know, good job on this one. So I double, triple check my work. I roll it over to the testing side over there and the production side. And I asked Butler, hey, man, can you just kind of do a once-over on this and let me know if you think it's okay so I can bring it over and we can put this on for a display bike or whatever, you know? Well, immediately, immediately when I drop it off and Butler comes out to look at it, I'm, I'm like a little proud dad, right? I'm like this proud engineer that brings over the bike thinking, hey, look what I did, you know? Within 36 seconds... Butler finds two things that I fucked up. And it's legit. It's not it's not like Butler was nitpicking. Like it was legit things that I missed. And I always that always sticks out in my mind cuz I can't believe I fucked up that bad on someone that I respected so much. I'm like, man, this guy is on top of his shit. So Butler is very meticulous. He takes his time give you some more background. Travis Preston, of course, you guys know he's one of my good buddies. Travis is not only a really fast guy, you know, God, if he listens to this, he's going to really have a big head, but he rides really well, right? Fast, won a championship, we all know this, but he is a very meticulous fellow as well. So I think Butler and him go well together because Travis really thinks about things, he slows things down, and he's really meticulous about his work. He also has become a better tester over the years. I didn't know how much he could test until he started working at Yamaha, and he is a very good test rider. Uh, Mike Ulrich, he doesn't work in the R&D department anymore, but he is the marketing guy that I go through now. He has been around the R&D process, so he understands it. So that's even a benefit for Yamaha, for their marketing team. Um, Derek Brooks, he's been around that place for years there's just so many guys that I've been around that I've learned so much from that I knew that their product was going to be good. Again, I am all about good bikes, no matter what color. It just so happens to be this blue bike has been good for a couple of years, and now other media outlets are just now starting to recognize it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if this bike had a bad rap before. Is it the James Stewart era? Is it the reverse engine? I don't know. Is it because people think the the shrouds are wide? I have no idea. But every time I got on this bike in the past two, two and a half years, I always thought, man, this is just a great, solid machine. And now it's winning shootouts, which you probably will see more wins from this as well. Oh, the other one it won was DirtBikeTest.com. So that's Jimmy Lewis's site. It won that. So I'm getting ready to start my shootout on the 18th. But I wanted to give you a little bit of backstory on the Yama before I got into it. So, again, I've been riding the shit out of this bike. I love this bike. It makes me excited to go ride. Out of all the production machines, now I'm saying production as in leaving it stock, bone stock how it comes. Check the sag, bleed the air out of the fork, set your fork height. That's it. I love the KTM, guys. Like I love riding that bike, but I have done some work to that bike. And I don't have to do anything to this Yamaha, pretty much. Like, I've done some things to it for you guys to learn some things, but I could go buy a Yamaha YZ450F and ride it real fast. That's the benefit for a Yamaha. You can just hop on it, get on it, go. It's stable. It's planted. It's fast. It corners 
pretty good. It's not the best cornering machine, but we've gone over this before. I don't need a huge jump in cornering. I don't need a, a bike that's just so precise and sharp turning because then it becomes unstable. This Yamaha YZ450F is good. Like I said, I am faster on a Orange Brigade 450 SXF, but that is not an apples-to-apples -apples comparison because that Brigade has ignition, fuel, muffler, some suspension you know, done to it. So, um, yes, I may be faster on that, but there is some money dumped into it as well. So, anyway, this is kind of like a living with podcast. Things that I've learned over the 30-plus hours that I have ridden this bike. And just to give you guys some insight on how much time I've been putting in on these 19 since I've got them. So the Yamaha has 30-plus hours on it. The KTM that I just got maybe two weeks ago has almost 20 hours on it already. Kawasaki, almost 20 hours on it. The Honda, 15 hours on it. Many, many rides, lots of hours. So just giving you a little background on how much I do ride dirt bikes. And, and yeah, I gravitate towards bikes that I like a lot to ride because I ride so damn much. Of course, I want to ride something that's good, right? But I really try hard to ride other bikes. I just got the Suzuki not too long ago. I really want to put a lot of time in on that for you guys out there that want to go that route. Because, again, just like you're going to hear me say in these shootouts, all of these bikes are very good. It's just how you set them up and what type of riding you, you're doing, what kind of rider you are. You can find the right bike for you. I just think this blue bike fits a wider range of riders than any other bike out in the market right now as far as 450s. So um, I'm going to break you down some things that I have done to this YZ450 of mine, and maybe you guys can do that to yours at home. If you guys do have any questions, again, as always, you can hit me up at chris at keferinktesting.com. I'm happy to answer them. I do get a lot of mapping questions for this Yamaha. I'm going to get into that and where you can find that instead of having me email you or screenshot you um, a map that I have on my phone. So getting right to it, the engine. You really don't have to do nothing to this engine. This is a very fast, controllable engine. If you guys go back to my first podcast um, and the first impression of this 2019 YZ450, you will learn that it's very easy to ride. Out of all the machines, 450s that are out there right now, third gear is the most usable on the YZ450F. I can run third gear now even more since they went to a, from a 48 to a 49. They did the Jody, all right? Someone did the Jody dance and went to a 49 tooth. That's great. It helped that. I can run third gear even longer. And it pulls farther with a TP 2.0 map. Travis... I'm not going to say Travis designed it, so we all know. For you guys listening in there, out there in this podcast world, they're using TP's name because it's TP, right? Smoke and mirrors. You know, Travis says it works. Got it. Must work, right? <laughs> so a smarter guy, book smart, I should say, helped Travis develop this map. He is like the guy behind the guy, which I appreciate because I'm kind of like that as well. So... The TP 2.0 map is a second version of the TP 1.0, which I had for a while. 
you install this 2.0 version in your bike, it'll give you a little bit smoother roll-on at like 5% throttle. Like just that initial crack kind of smooths that out, doesn't have a jump. But then it builds RPMs a little quicker and has better pulling power bottom to mid-range and even through the top end. So it just pulls really far. So for those of you guys looking for the 2.0 map, all you have to do is go on to the Yamaha website, okay? Click on the YZ450F and then you will see power tuner app you can click on that okay click on that right and then these maps will show up there you go it's that simple okay for whatever reason if you guys can't figure it out okay hit me up i'll get you the map you can put it in and you guys will like it i'm telling you a lot of people put this map in so far i'm getting a lot of great feedback so kudos to Vinny. okay Vinny and Travis for doing this map. Very good map. They take the time. They take several days, and then let's go out and do um, ignition and FI settings to truly, really try to dial this in. And it's so easy. I, I feel like other manufacturers are going to go this route very soon. Having your smartphone app and dialing in your bike has got to be the easiest thing ever. You know, again, I'm not... Mr. Phone Genius, but I can figure it out real easy. So don't be scared to try this stuff, okay? If you guys have this accessibility to this power tuner, use it. It's it's great. It's good stuff. So again, TP 2.0 map gives you even more bottom end grunt, pulling power, stretched out top end ability a little bit. I really like that a lot. I have gone through clutches, I'm notoriously hard on clutches. You can ask anybody um, that knows me. Not because I fan the shit out of it out of a corner. Just I modulate my power through slipping the clutch. So I will say using very good oil. You can go use the blood lubricants um, that advertises on here. The Moto Blood 1040. Very good oil. I also use, I've have used Maxima with good results. But either one of those oils for me is very good. I have long lasting life and to me I've got a little bit longer of a clutch life than I ever have. So I went up from about 10 hours to 12 to 14 hours um, with replacing a clutch. I can't go that long. Only other bike that I can go that long on a clutch is a KTM. A Cowie, no chance. I'm smoked in six and a half, seven hours. Suzuki, no chance. Same, seven hours. So, Yamaha's clutch is very durable and long-lasting. So, I am the worst-case scenario. For those of you guys listening out there, you're probably not nearly as hard on clutches as I am. I have a buddy who has a 2018 YZ450F, and he goes almost 30 hours on a clutch. And that's a Yamaha. So, that says something right there. Now, as far as doing any kind of modifications and things to help the Yamaha engine, I have done a couple things with fairly good results. Now, I stress this to you guys out there. I get emails saying, hey, Kiefer, you think I should put this on my bike? Only do stuff to your machine that you feel like you really need. If you want something, you have the money, that's cool. I get it. But 
unless something's bothering you or you really feel like, hey man, I need more power out of this Yamaha, then don't worry about it, okay? Just ride the shit out of it, work on your technique, and have fun. But I did try been trying to find a muffler, and I, and I spoke about this in other podcasts, I've been trying to find a muffler that gives as much bottom in as a stock system does on this YZ450F. The stock system on this bike is very good. Lots of RPM response, exciting, builds RPMs really good, and it has a free feeling to it. It's not doesn't have a lot of engine braking like it used to back in the day. So I've been working with FMF a little bit, trying to get some more bottom end. I feel like I would want some more bottom end out of that muffler. They have an insert that usually comes with the the muffler itself. And it's usually for supercross guys who have to pass sound. But what I think that muffler is missing is some back pressure in order to get some of that bottom end back. So I ran that insert in an FMF 4.1 muffler system. And I got bottom end back. So if you guys are looking for an aftermarket muffler, not to say that you need it, because I'm telling you right now, the stock muffler is very good. But FMF 4.1 with the insert in, okay, gives you some of that back pressure. And then you get back some excitement and you keep that bottom end feeling of the stock muffler. What you're going to gain with this 4.1, you're going to gain even more mid-range. This is where I feel the 4.1 is better than stock. Mid-range meat. Rolling out of a corner as you're accelerating, it accelerates harder and it feels like it has more torque. I'm excited that I can actually go to an aftermarket muffler because I've been running a stock muffler all last year. People are like, hey, Kiefer, why don't you run a muffler? Well, dude, this Yamaha has such good power for one. And two, I really haven't found a better all-around muffler than the stock one. So now I'm dealing with an FMF that I'm trying to help develop with those guys to trying to get some more bottom end and snap and keep that throughout the mid-range and try not to sign off too much on top. So this is where this 4.1 comes in handy, people. I get that roll-on feel. I got some throttle response because that's where it lacked, man. Like I lost some of that RPM response crack. I got, that's what that damn blue bike is so good at right so now it keeps all that and it gives you more mid-range so look into the fmf 4.1 if you do order it make sure you get the insert like i said it usually comes with the system hey what's up technology that's what i'm talking about here it's a great thing i love it but i also can pull my hair out with it as well however there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close, like my house, I don't have that many outlets, they just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. 
It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So, founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic, you guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at KeyFringTesting.com, I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood bloodlubricants.com go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com go view everything they have there's all different kinds of oils you got an ATV you got a street bike you got a UTV or you got a YZ450F in your garage blood lubricants has an oil for you okay Jefferson Green he's been in the oil industry for a long time since 1983 but he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that so he wanted to create an oil that was good that lasted a long time and didn't break down and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag. 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out. Bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order. Please order. And get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But, hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good, 100% synthetic. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes that's right, handwriting for you young bucks out there, handwritten resumes, and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way, 
onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off, and I literally camped out by the mailbox every night hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off? Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. (laughs) Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool and thank you, Little D. And you guys know, I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's They're stoked when they hear guys say, hey man, I love your product. Trust me, I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So, as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF, great products. Head over to fmfracing.com, get yourself set up, go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up, Chris at keyfringtesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. Thanks to the guys over at 60 Helmets. That's right, they are on board with the Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 60helmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys. And it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 60 Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 60 Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Have you been to ruddedracing.com yet? If the answer is no, go there right now. Ruddedracing.com. 
They have shirts, hats, hoodies, cute stuff for your chick, for your lady, for your wife. Man, it's cute. I put Heather in some of this stuff before bedtime, and, well, that's all I'm going to say about that. But nonetheless, go check them out, ruddedracing.com. They have a bunch of cool stuff. And not only do they have cool streetwear, but Clint is designing some gear. That's right. If you're a taller dude, 6'2", maybe over, he's going to have the set of gear that you want to be in. Longer arms, a little longer length. Materials are going to be awesome. I saw some of this gear, and man, it's going to kind of change the game for you taller dudes out there. So it's not out yet, so pump the brakes. But before we get all hyped up on this stuff... Go to ruddedracing.com, buy some stuff. They support us. They support the Bear, Tyler Bowers, and Henry Miller. So, hey, go check them out, won't you? Ruddedracing.com. ScreenPrintingDone.com. I hate it when they put sirens in commercials. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time, it works every time. I wish I had that shirt. Would cover my boy boobs nicely. <laughs> ScreenPrintingDone.com We make kick-ass t-shirts It's made with bits of real panther We get it done So you know it's good ScreenPrintingDone.com ScreenPrintingDone.com Reliability on this engine is number one I'm going to tell you guys right now I ride this shit hard I ride this shit a lot and it holds together. Just keep an eye on your coolant, okay? That's the main thing. If it's summertime, it's hot, you drag the clutch, or you're in heavy dirt, all right? For those of you guys on the East Coast, you guys are in third gear and you're slipping the clutch a lot and it's really deep stuff, check your coolant every moto because I have seen the coolant drop to the coils and you don't want that sucker overheating or losing any more fluid than it does when you get it super hot. It will not burn up, but you must keep an eye on it. That's very important. It's hard for me because I'm not used to checking radiator fluid, right? Well, now that I've seen that it sucks radiator fluid from time to time when it's very hot outside, and I'm talking 90 plus, 100 degrees plus degrees, and very heavy dirt. If I'm riding Milestone, Glen Helen, it doesn't suck that much fluid. But when I went to Colorado... And I had went to this farm field. They they had a huge turn track, which was bitchin'. The best dirt that I have actually ever been on. Very deep. Man, the conditions were, were insane. I rode the shit out of that bike. I think I put almost five engine hours on the Yamaha that day. I just loved the track. I didn't want to leave. Heather did. I was like, hell no, I'm staying. So, But it did suck coolant at that track. So just know that. Hot conditions, deep dirt, check your coolant, people. Moving on to a setting that you guys can try for the fork and the shock. Again, best suspension to me, people are saying the Cowie fork is better than the Yamaha fork. I disagree. The Yamaha fork has a little bit more plushness and comfort and a little bit better action than the Showa fork on the Cowie. That's my opinion. You guys out there, go to a 5mm fork height, which has come stock now on the 2019. But you also can go to 7mm. If you guys still think it's a little bit bit of a vague feel going into a corner and maybe mid-push a little bit, don't be scared to go plus 7 
on your fork height. Sag 105, okay? If you're at 5 in on the height, on your fork, go to 105 millimeters of sag. Now, if you're going up 7 on your fork, go to 106 millimeter. I've experienced a little bit with this. I like 106 with plus 7. If you're at 5 millimeter, go to 105, okay? I'm 170 pounds, fairly aggressive on the front end. I went 2 in on the compression, and I backed the fork slower than I did from stock, okay? So I'm going 1 slower, plus 2 on the compression, and I usually stick with 5 millimeters of fork height. I've tried plus 7, which works very good at milestone and places like that, but most of the tracks I ride are a little bit faster, choppy, rough. I stick with 5 millimeters of fork height. But don't be scared. You can go plus 7 if you guys are riding some deep tracks with a lot of ruts out there in the East Coast. Go to 7 millimeters of fork height. Shock. Again, I'm more of a front-end steering guy. I'm on the front a lot. I went a quarter softer turn, quarter turn softer on the high-speed compression. I went in two on the low speed, and I went two slower on the shock. This made the bike feel, it slowed it down a little bit. The action was still good. It didn't get any harsh feeling, but stock form, the suspension is really active. It's plush, but it moves a lot. I prefer more of a dead feel. That's why I like WP stuff a lot, because it does have that dead feeling. This kind of slows the KYB stuff down a little bit. It just handles a little bit better. It slows the chassis down, and I could charge into stuff a little bit faster without having it react as quick. So that is a good baseline setting for you guys out there that really want to really slow the action of the suspension down. As far as the chassis... I haven't done much. I've tried some engine hangers, which you guys can go to keyforingtesting.com. FCP makes some engine hangers. You can read about that. It does help turn in. You will have a give and take a little bit when you try these engine hangers. So just know that if you are struggling with the Yamaha's cornering, chances are it's because you're struggling with your technique. The bike itself corners very well. As long as you have a good front tire on there, you have the right air pressure. Again, if you run the Dunlop, 13 to 13.5 PSI. If you run the Michelin, same thing, 13 to 13.5 PSI. Pirelli, same thing, 12.5 to 13 is a good um, baseline to start with with the Pirelli. But chances are not everyone is as fast as Travis or some of those test guys, and they struggle with technique and corners. So that's why this engine hanger can help you. FCP, you can check them out. They have these front engine hangers that you can put on that give you a little bit less stability but help you with cornering and tip in on the Yamaha. I prefer stock stuff on mine. I think it corners just fine, but just so you guys know what, what the options are out there. I went to a Pro Taper Evo Handlebar SX Race Bend. That is the same exact bend as the stock one on the YZ. I just think it doesn't... The stock bar doesn't flex as much as a Pro Taper Evo, so I get even more wrist comfort from a Pro Taper, so check that out, Pro Taper Evo SX Race. I also went to a Guts Seat Cover and Phantom Foam. Now, I've had a couple guys out there say, hey, is the Phantom Foam really worth it? 
Okay, as far as handling-wise, no. I don't think you're going to get anything benefit. You're not going to get a benefit getting to a lighter foam handling-wise on the track. But what I did notice, so over the course of these 30 hours that I built up on this Yamaha, well, I would say mid-20s because this is when I changed out the, the seat, I don't take my seat off all the time when I wash my bike. Or your seat's muddy, right? So you got to wash the shit off. You think you don't have any tears in your seat cover, blah, blah, blah. But water condensation does get in that foam. And man, I'm telling you right now, that foam will break down. Yamaha went to a stiffer foam, which helped this 19 Yamaha. But water doesn't help that cause, okay? So it breaks down soon, gets waterlogged, gets heavy. My seat got soft within 20, 25 hours. So I decided to go to a closed cell seat foam from Guts. It's a little bit, I got a firm, so I got the firm foam and put a ribbed seat cover on. And yes, now with this closed cell foam, I can power wash it. It doesn't get waterlogged. It's a little bit lighter than stock and I don't have to worry about it so much. And it's a little bit firmer than stock originally when it was new. I feel like I like that better for my ass. Some of you guys out there don't like a firm feel. I do. When I come out of bumps, I don't want to feel a squishy feeling. It makes the bike feel clapped out. So I like to be on top of the seat and not in the seat foam. So this is where this guts foam comes in handy. Andy over there is a good dude. Again, he doesn't pay me anything to say this shit. I just know what I like and what I've experienced with some seat foams. He has... Closed cell foams that are a little bit more expensive. He also has regular foams. You can get a firm regular foam on your bike um, if you feel like the Yamaha seat foam is breaking down or it's still too soft. So you can go check out Andy over at Guts. He does make some cool stuff, and you can get a, a foam that is right for you. Again, this bike's probably going to be parked until shootouts. I am not going to rank my scores in the shootout. I will have a separate podcast to give you guys what I feel like is the best production bike. I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be hard to beat the Yamaha, but I'm going to go through all these bikes each day of the shootout, keep my notes, and if something's better than the Yamaha, you'll hear it here on this podcast. So just know that. But I'm just telling, I'm giving you guys warning. I've ridden pretty much all the bikes so far, and it's tough to beat a Yamaha. It's, it's a very good bike, and those guys over there in the testing department did a good job. Just like I gave kudos to the guys at Kawasaki for building the bitchin' KX450, kudos to the guys over at Yamaha for really hanging in there and developing this, this, this 450 with this reverse engine because I know at times they get heat, and maybe that's why, hey, that's why this thing doesn't corner because it has this reverse engine. People always make these accusations up to say why this doesn't do this or someone doesn't like that but to me this uh, whole package is very good and easy to ride so that's kind of my wrap up living with the YZ450F if you guys have any questions you can always hit me up over at chris at keferinktesting.com but again not a lot to do to this bike guys like you can set it up and then once you set it up it's good at a lot of tracks, which is very tough to do. As much as I love the KTM, I set it up and it's fairly good at like two or three tracks. But if I go to a fourth and fifth track, it's not quite as good and it's a little foreign to me. 
That's the benefit with this Yamaha YZ450F is five out of five tracks, it feels the same. It doesn't change. So predictable. I like that in a motorcycle. We talk about this on that pod, on this podcast. Riders need to go fast, okay? But you have to have predictability first. That's first and foremost out of any bike. You need a bike that's predictable. Your right hand only twists with confidence. And with confidence, you need predictability. Yamaha YZ450F does a great job. So again, engine mapping. Get that TP 2.0 map. Put that in there. If you guys want to look into a muffler, FMF makes a good muffler. I've helped develop a little bit with them. Try to get you guys some more bottom in and not lose that bottom in fun feeling. So... That's pretty much all I've done, guys, and I'm going to really try to get two bikes this year from Yamaha, keep one stock for more of a durability standpoint, and then do some other modifications to the second bike to compare it and see if it really helps my lap times. I've done this with the KTM. I have got on the KTM stock, and then I did the modifications, you know, with the ignition, the muffler, some suspension, and see how much faster I get, and it proves to be six-tenths, five-tenths a lap with these modifications, right? So I want to see, with this Yamaha, when I get to, hint, hint, Ulrich, to get two bikes to really back-to-back it, stock bike, do some modifications, put an ignition on this one, a muffler, get some some suspension on this other bike and compare and see how much I gain in speed and in lap times because I really want to smoke Travis's ass in this Vet National. He's lagging right now. He's not riding, so maybe I can get one up on him. (laughs) Probably not, though. Dude always comes in, man. Dude's a gamer. But uh, So that's the plan with doing some living with on the blue bikes. I love this bike again. If you guys are looking and trying to decide which bike to get, hit me up. I can try to guide you along. Um, but if you're looking for a reliable, fun bike to ride, and I, I would say even if you're a shorter guy, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, the, the ergonomics of this bike is still fairly good. I know the perception of this machine back in the day was like, hey, it's more of a bigger type of, of bike, and it's meant for bigger riders. But that's kind of died down. I see a lot of shorter guys that are buying this, and they have no problem with it. So I see a lot of larger guys, actually, that want more room. Just depends how you ride. Again, handlebar setup, rider triangle is very important, so make sure you guys dial that in. If you guys don't understand that, go to my Handlebar 101 podcast. You can listen to it and then really figure all of that out. So that's it for this week, guys. Living with the 2019 YZ450F. Good job, Blue Crew. Steve Mathis is part of the Blue Crew now. I don't know how that worked out, but nonetheless, he is pretty happy with this bike. He's getting a suspension done over at Racetech, so he's going to be riding with me more. And I'm going to do a podcast with him and really break down the differences between his RM Army and now his Blue Crew. Okay, And I'm going to make him come clean with some things. There's a few questions I have about this deal that we're going to really break into when I have this podcast with him. So stay tuned for that. Thanks, guys. Hey, support the advertisers on this show. They help keep this sucker running. If you guys want a shirt, hat, swag, wintertime's coming. I'm getting some new hoodies. 
Hit Heather at KieferInkTesting.com up, and she'll help you out. Keep it clean, or she's going to bite your head off. Thank you guys for listening, and see you next time.